Welcome to Worth Reading Wednesdays here at the Columbus Lounge Public Library System. This is a podcast hosted by CLPLS librarians about books we're reading and recommending and anything else that has caught our attention. I'm Tori. I'm Nicole. And we have with us today a special guest. Yes. My name is Maddie. What do you do at the library, Maddie? I am a technical assistant. Okay. I, I work at the circulation desk as well. Okay. I repair the books. Ooh. I put the covers on them. It's so, like adhesive stuff. <laughs> would one say you are a book doctor? Yes, yes. I'm currently working on my PhD. Um, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, for sure. There have been a few casualties. Casualties. Yeah, lives have been lost. Oh, um, no. But, yeah. you know, it just it happens to the best of us. It really You're does. Deep yeah. in those trenches with those books, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I really am. I really am. I'm doing what I can, bro. I'm doing what I can. She's doing her best. Well, we and appreciate. I appreciate her yeah, for sure. Yeah. We appreciate your service. Oh, well, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Well, what's going on? I got some goodies, and actually, you might be. Oh wait, do you have an adult book? I have an adult book. Yes. Okay, because I have all children's books today. Wild. I don't even have a children's book today. Yeah. What a change. I I'm know, right? Always rolling in here with a good children's book, but looks like Nicole and I, I am switched. On it. I switched on you today. Well, do you want to go first? Since sure. You got a whole stack over there. Well, I brought them because some of these you know about, some of these you don't. And I wanted you to be able to enjoy them and do your little thing where you go, gimme, gimme, gimme. Mm -hmm. So I brought them today. So I've got some really cool kids books that have come in recently that I wanted to be sure to share with our listeners. And the first set of books I wanna talk about are some grammar books that mm -hmm. were requested and that we needed some more of anyway. And the first one is called Grammaropolis Presents and it's Meet the Part to Speech. And there are eight of them, and they are so incredibly cute. The one I brought with me is Roger, the pronoun. And the it's like, I don't know. Some of it has a little bit of a graphic novel-like yeah. type to it, which I don't know if maybe that might attract the kids more mm -hmm. if I put a graphic novel sticker at the top. But it, it's a paperback book, and it just really helps kids to be able to understand what pronouns do, how to use them, and the wording is so big and colorful, so it'll really stand out to try to help kids understand the different parts of speech. So like I said, I brought the one Roger the Pronoun today, but there are others like Nelson the Noun, Vinny the Action Verb, and Lucy the Linking Verb, Jake the Adjective, he's like, wee wee, la la. <laughs> Benny the adverb, which is on order. Okay, let's back it up. For those who didn't understand wee wee la la, Jake's got a whole paint palette in his hand, and he's got the, the what, what the kind of mustache? mustache pencil that? mustache. Yeah, yes, and then like a yes. little toque on his head. Yes. Yeah, the beret. The beret, I'm yeah. sorry, yes. So, so he's looking really, really French. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, we've got Connie, the conjunction. She looks like somebody grandmama just baked a pie. Yeah, she yes. does. <laughs> uh, little Pete, the preposition. He looks so adorable because he looks like he has on the Boy Scout sash and everything. So that'll be cute and interesting. And then the last one is Izzy, the interjection. And it is so cute because she's got her finger up in the air. 
And she's got her other hand off to the side as if like she's saying, wait, listen, let me tell you about this. So again, this is the Grammaropolis presents the parts of speech. And there are eight of them. And like I said, there's just one that I've got on order. That's the adverb one. I missed him by mistake, but I will have it soon. But there's enough of that to go around. Yeah. And Tori's enjoying looking through them. Well, I was noticing that Vinny, the action verb, is a guest star in Roger the Pronoun okay. story. And I really appreciate Roger's mustache. It's like, he, he's he's... He's working out there for his life in those streets. And that's the I'm a working dad mustache. <laughs> like, just... I really don't have time, but I'm going to try what little self-care I can by <laughs> growing this. I don't know. Roger looks like um, <laughs> he has some problematic dad jokes. He has a Father's Day tie on. <laughs> yes. yes. And Maddie and I actually inspired these requests because we had worked with a patron who was looking for more grammar books and our juvenile grammar books they're a little they're a little low so little yeah low, we appreciate dated. the added the additions and yeah. I'm very excited I love these little characters and I like how the books have like on the bottom right hand side it counts five out of eight six okay. out of eight like it tells right. you how many books there are and what book in the you in know the series it series. is and then on the back it does say from school library journal Learning grammar has never been so much fun. So that does add like a bit of, what's the word I'm looking Security at? Security and knowing that yes. what you're teaching or what you're sharing with your child has been kind of vetted by the school library journal who really, really is great about letting parents or just letting school libraries know what's great books to have in their yeah. collection. And so that's a great point. I'm glad you made that. But yeah, that's the Grammaropolis presents Meet the Parts of Speech. Say Grammaropolis three times fast. Uh, Glamoropolis, Grimlopolis. <laughs> you said glam there for glam a minute, for a but I like yeah, it. Yeah, no, I like it. it. Okay, and then the next set of grammar books that I wanted to mention is called the If You Were series. And there are quite a few that I wanted to mention that are uh, different in the way that they are presented, like Grammaropolis. They're a little bit different, and the uh, drawings are a little bit different as well. So let me just run down and let you know which ones we've got. We've got compound word, uh, if you were a conjunction, apostrophe, uh, quotation marks, if you were a capital letter, uh, prefix, exclamation point is the one that I brought in today, uh, if you were a suffix, or plural word or contraction. So 10 books, <laughs> I had to count that up real quick. Uh, 10 books in that particular series. And it's got nice glossy pages. And uh, the artwork is, it's more muted than what's in the Grammaropolis. But it's, I still think it gets its point across. Do you agree? Children's librarian, Tori. Yeah, I like that. It almost looks like felt, but it's not. It's illustrations in this book were created with acrylics okay and then the punctuation mark of the exclamation point is highlighted everywhere in the book and it's big and yellow and it stands out from the rest of the text yeah, mm, um, yeah. so it indicates where the exclamation point is supposed to go yeah and I know this sounds very weird and like it may not translate but as the children's librarian when we have kids in the section there, you know, we have that history series of like 
if you were a kid on the Mayflower, mm-hmm. if you were a kid in the Civil War, this could translate to that from like a sideways recommendation. You know, I am already thinking about how to pitch this to a kid looking yeah. at those books, being yeah. like, oh, well, this is history, but we also have stuff about like, if you were an exclamation point, what would that be like? Right. That kind of thing. And that, that's kind of like right. a sideways recommendation, but because it's got a similar title and it's got a similar kind of way of looking at it, mm-hmm. I could definitely use that as a sideways way to introduce those books as well. Yeah. As a former English teacher, I would definitely approve of these too because, I mean, the more color you have for kids to be able to grasp a a particular concept is best, as always. Mm -hmm. And anything that's fun to be able to, you know, get them to see it being put in use in fun things. I like what it says on the back for exclamation point. If you were an exclamation point, you would yell, exclamation point. You would scream, exclamation point. You would shout, hey, over here, exclamation point on both of those. And what else could you do if you were an exclamation point? So, so good, fun stuff, colorful just straight like, to the point, but good yeah. stuff for grammar for the, our our babies. So what I have next, I did not bring with me any of these because it's um, they're kind of straight to the point. But I've loved buying these particular books. So they're called Illustrated Storybooks or AKA Pop Classics. Mm-hmm. And we have some other ones like The Karate Kid, oh, uh, okay. E.T. These Illustrated story Storybooks, AKA Pop Classics, are film or TV shows reimagined In a colorful picture book, in a kid-friendly format, highlighting the iconic moments, the laugh-out-loud lines from the film, and it gives parents a way to share their favorite films with the new generation of kids. And I love them. When I saw them, I was like, really tried tried to snatch them up as all of them if I can. And so the three new ones that I just got, the first one is Elf, which comes in time for Santa! Right, exactly. Or my favorite part, when he is decorating the store and everything with every the movie itself. Mm -hmm. But I can only imagine how it's going to be presented in the book. I didn't get a chance to flip through it. But anyway, this was a 2003 film that starred Will Ferrell and Zoe Deschanel. And just such a fun, good movie. And, you know, if you're wanting something to connect with your kid, this will be a good one. The other one that I have is called School of Rock. And it also came out in 2003. And it starred Jack Black. And I don't know about y'all, but I love Jack Black. But School of Rock, he was a fly by the seat of his pants. Substitute teacher. Yes. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. And he really was looking for a band. He wanted to be able to start a band. And he found a way to be slick with it by teaching his kids how to do, you know, play instruments. Or he found out, actually, he had some singers. He had some bass guitar players. He had a drummer. He had background singers. So cool stuff. And he even had a manager. I love that yeah. little girl yeah. that, that was the manager for everything. I- I think so. I'm not sure. But anywho, I've got School of Rock as one of those illustrated storybooks. So if you like that movie, um, that would be a cool one to share. And then my all-time favorite. This is my movie, y'all. This is called The Goonies. It came out in 1985. 
It is my, anytime it comes on TV, I do have it on DVD. Yeah. But anytime it comes on TV, I watch it. This book is going through with the kids looking for a buried treasure. They're trying to save their community because a really rich developer has come in and they're trying to just take all the land. And they just go on this wild, wild chase looking for all kinds of buried treasure and stuff from a pirate ship. <laughs> what was his name? One-Eyed Willie. <laughs> one eye William. He meets some other characters along the way, but they they go through their adventure together and they learn what family is about. And in the end, they do happen to save their community because Corey Feldman was smart enough to put some of the jewels from one eye Willie's ship in a little pouch in his packet, and the bad guys didn't find it. And mm -hmm. so he was able to, they were able to use those jewels to save the community. So The Goonies is a great movie. It is yeah. my favorite. Right. I love it. And this book will be great to share with your kids. Yeah. So that's the illustrated storybooks that I've got coming in. Or they're yeah. here. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And last but not least, you ready for the last one? Absolutely. I got some honorable mentions. I actually titled it Honorable Mentions. <laughs> Peter H. Reynolds really does some really great books. And he has a new one out called Our Table. Aww. And I love purple. And the cover is full of purple. And it's just really pretty. Actually, purple and gold. And Our Table is just a universal story celebrating the gift of time shared with family. And I thought this would be a great book to uh, possibly get in the hands of parents as they prepare for Thanksgiving this week. Because when Ooh. this airs, it'll be Thanksgiving week. Ooh, but it's got some commentary here. I uh -oh. love me a good... Ooh, I love it. Okay. Spill, so spill, spill. Just the two pages. Violet found her father in his favorite chair in front of a big screen, bigger than Violet. Oh, wow. And it's wow. talking about kind of like the disconnect with media Mm -hmm. She found her mother on the staircase chatting silently on her phone. And both of these illustrations, Violet's looking up at her parents and her parents can't even see her because they're so enraptured by their digital devices. Violet found her brother in his room playing games with friends she could not see. He's on that iPad. Wow. Feeling quite alone, Violet dreamed of a time when family and friends would gather at the table. And that is so precious. Can you see it over there? My heart's on the table. Yeah, I see out. it. Ripped out. But I really feel like this is going to end on such a good note. And sometimes that's what it takes is a kid to remind us, you know, get off your phones, get off the TV, get off the iPad. Let's spend time together as a family. And that little cuddle picture of her sitting in her daddy's lap. Oh, so precious. And the mom sitting with her on the steps. I bet you the steps are outside, so they're getting some good fresh air. No. Oh, spending time with family is so important. That title is Our Table by Peter H. Reynolds. It's definitely one to pick up for the holiday season. Yeah. The next one I want to bring to your attention is Change Sings, a children's anthem by Amanda Gorman. And Amanda Gorman was our presidential inaugural poet when President Biden was being sworn into office. And this particular book is that a girl leads characters on a musical journey where they learn they have the power to make changes, big or small, but they can make these changes in their own world, in their communities, and most importantly, in themselves. That's a big tuba. <laughs> <laughs> 
I used to be in band too. Yes, I was a band nerd. Do not say to me one time in band camp. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was a band nerd. And oh, I you were? Yes. I didn't know that. What instrument did you play? Oh, I played trombone. Oh, yes. I was. I was doing it. I sat first chair for many, many years. It was just fun for me, and it taught you know taught me some things as well. Being in the band, so I actually was in band from sixth grade until my first year in college. Oh, um, wow. I actually got a band scholarship, a full ride band scholarship to Itawama Community College. Oh, wow. Shout out to ICC yes. for awarding me that. And I thought I wanted to be a band director at one point, but then I had been playing bass club for so long that by the time I got to my musical theory classes and piano classes, it was really hard for my brain to switch from bass club to treble club. Mm. And so my my uh, piano teacher club. actually was uh, sweet. He gave me an A for effort because we had to play a song and I just kept stumbling through because I kept, you know, read in my head, I kept looking at bass club stuff. So... Uh, shout out to ICC for that. But yeah, this musical journey that this character leads them through is important because our kids need to understand that they can make changes, that they are the next generation to make the changes in our world, no matter what, whether they're doing it for their communities or whether they're doing it just to change in themselves. So that was Change Sings, a children's anthem by Amanda Gorman. The next one, haha, <laughs> we love this guy. <sighs> Pete the Cat's. Groovy Imagination by Kimberly and James Dean. I don't know about y'all, but I love Pete. I dressed up as Pete the three Halloweens ago, I think it was, for our haunted library. And this one is about, it's the fact that pouring rain and gray skies cancel Pete's plans for a beach day. So, so he uses a big box and his big imagination to get rid of the rainy day blues. So, you know, hey, so much for Pete to go and, and you know, say, so I can't go to the beach. I'll just use my box to create my own little space to just enjoy. Well, wow. this is a cute book. Yeah. I'm always just so impressed by, like, the different styles of art in, like, kids' books. Yeah. yeah. They always are so different from one another because everyone I've seen thus far... It's like either it's like watercolor or acrylic or it tells you it, in the yeah, publications. That's like really the front. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one of the things that I love about Tori. She's actually wow. been able to find though since we've been doing the podcast, she's actually been finding what mediums were used to yeah. to do the drawings and stuff and I love that. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Yeah, like watercolor, acrylic paint, yeah, pen and ink. It's just yeah, it's always so crazy to me to just see the different children's books and see, like, what kind of art styles all these different illustrators have. Yeah, and, and it's beautiful. I don't so know if you know this. Thing. I know I've talked about it on here before, but, like, children's books are really very new. Like, children's literature wasn't a thing until, like, basically the, maybe, like, they started really developing that in the 60s. And so, like, now that we, it is, like, a freaking, I really don't think, Unless you have children and you're in the children's book world, how much people like that is those are works of art. Like those are freaking works of art. Mm -hmm. And it is astounding to me. And we're just casually just living our lives like there aren't just like masterpieces on (laughs) our shelves. It's crazy. So I always pay attention to that because it looks so freaking cool and I'm like how many hours did y'all spend on this? And 
you know, I yeah. just, I'm fascinated by that. But, yeah. and if as an adult, you're that fascinated with it, imagine a kid. And my last one is called Tales of the Dairy Godmother. <laughs> Chuck's ice cream wish by Viola Butler. That is the prettiest cow I have seen, and that's got pretty little lashes. That is, yeah, yeah, to our listeners got, here, so, uh, this cow is just lovely. It's a beautiful thing. And of course, I love the drawing of the big eyes. That's something that always draws me in. But this one is that Chuck's wishes for endless ice cream come true with the help of his dairy godmother, who takes him on a delicious adventure to a dairy farm to find out exactly where his favorite food comes from. And the wild adventures is just showing all the cool stuff that I think any kid who loves ice cream, I love ice cream, but I am um, as well lactose intolerant. I really appreciate but that. Four, four of those, those pills that you take to, yes. to combat that, four of those for me, and I can have my ice cream. <laughs> I just take the pain. Just a little bit in line. Um, yeah. I like that they really. Like, they illustrate what actually happens on today's dairy farms. Like, they show the cows being hooked up to the the milkers. And I followed down many, like, a Facebook video on how cows are milked. Because there's controversy of, like, oh, yeah. oh whether oh, they're, wow. what is the, it's like the hormones in the cows and they're, comes through in the milk and there's like controversy over that and they're like oh these are hormone free let me walk you through my process and they're like farmers out there on social media just being like we don't do anything there's no shots here like but like in the in the children's book it it shows like the milkers the cows just standing there there's one cow looking back like are we done yet (laughs) and it shows how it you know it's not hurting them and i like that because it it it's very realistic yeah. And they have to like sanitize all the machines. And, mm. um, yeah, I, I I like how it's not just oh it's this gentle little farm in a field and we just you know saunter up to the cow and ask her politely <laughs> for her milk and we we give her three pats and a and a golden dollar. You know, yeah. they're like no, yeah. this is this is a real farm and our cows are treated well and like. Here's how we do it. It's not some fairy tale, even though he does have a dairy godmother kind of thing. Yeah, the machinery and the, uh, the details on the machinery is very cool. Yeah. It's just an appealing thing. Cows need to be milked two or three times a day. Wow. Every day, even on weekends and holidays. I wonder how much milk a single cow can make. It probably tells you in here. Yeah, probably yeah. so. Yeah, like in a day. Like how much milk? Of course, we got some resources in the back. Make Thank ice cream. We got a whole ice cream recipe. Oh. And let me tell you, y'all, my grandmother, when I was a kid, would always make homemade ice cream. And when I say it tastes just like Bluebell, but hers was something was different about it that was much better but bluebell is the closest yeah. to her ice cream that we can get and i remember so fondly well maybe not so fondly because my brothers and i used to have to take turns 
turning the churn mm -hmm. for it. And it would be so hard in the beginning. So we'd have to take turns. Like my oldest brother would start first because he was the oldest and right. hopefully he was the strongest. Mm -hmm. And he would only do it for a few minutes. And then my next brother would come mm -hmm. in and get it going. But by the time I had to come, for whatever reason, the ice still was hard enough that it really wasn't moving. Yeah. And it was so hard for me to turn. And I would be the one that would be turning in the end. No, baby, they played you. I know oldest, they did. The oldest brother was like, eat mm -hmm. The little brother's like, oh, this is so hard. And then they're like, Nicole, you got this. Right. Like, yeah, and we're like basically seven years apart from each other. And that's how they made me, I guess, earn my ice cream because that's how I had to churn that. But I have her recipe too. And so I can make it if I want it. But Bluebell solves it for me. Right. <laughs> so it's a process. It really is. My granddad did it too. I really? legitimately cool. didn't know yeah. that I homemade ice cream. Mm -hmm. I legitimately didn't know that you could get it like regular ice cream um, until I was an adult. Because yeah. our fam my Nana makes homemade ice cream. None of us, it was always like kind of soupier. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is, you know, I didn't know. Yeah. And Nana, like I was... In my 20s, when she looked at me, she's like, Tori, we just never waited because we were all just wanting ice cream so bad. <laughs> I was like, man, <laughs> this whole time, I was like, I thought you had like some kind of different. She's like, no, we just don't want to wait for it. In so this we just... week's episode, everyone gets played. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> that should be the show title. Yeah, everyone, everyone gets, gets played. played. <laughs> oh, man. I was just like, I'm still thinking about that. I'll go to sleep at night and yeah. it'll pop in my head. And I'll just be like, and then you this, can't sleep. Yeah, this whole time. We just have been having like semi frozen ice cream because my whole family is like, we don't care. Just give us the ice cream. Yeah. Well, yeah. my grandmother would make us go back again if it wasn't ready. Yeah. She would make us go and start the whole process over again mm -hmm. with my brother starting and turning. So he'd eventually have to come back around to it. Yeah. But yeah, it would it would be nice and I like the homemade because it would have just some little pockets of I don't know if it's the yeah. milk or whatever was put in it, but mm -hmm. it would have those little pockets that would taste so of like good. frozen cream. Right, like yeah. frozen cream. That's what it is. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. But um, I'm glad y'all like that one. Again, that was Tales of the Dairy Godmother, Chuck's Ice Cream Wish by Viola Butler. I like how she says, I'm here to make your dairy dream come moo. Oh, I mean, true. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's cute. It's so cute. Oh my so gosh. So that's my that. pigs, guys. I did all kid books and I'm excited about them. And I hope that our listeners are just as excited to come in and prepare to check them out. All right, Maddie, you're up. We want to talk about what you got. So let's see here. So my so I had an original plan. Uh -huh. Didn't work out how uh, I wanted yep. to at all. <laughs> so last minute, I kind of Wanted to go with, for whatever reason, I have been picking up a lot of books since I started working here. And I'm like, oh, man, I remember reading this in high school. Yeah. Mm. I remember these books from high school. And mm -hmm. I would just like, pick them up. And I'm like, okay, I want to take them home. And so two in particular that I have found copies of, I didn't bring with them with me. Huh. <laughs> I didn't bring them with me today. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. And um, so the first one is Speak. Oh, yes. yes. By, I think, Lori, Lori. Hulse uh, Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Lori uh, Hulse Anderson wrote this book. And yeah, it's about a high school freshman, mm -hmm. Melinda. During the summer before her 
freshman year, mm-hmm. I think. She goes through a traumatic event. Mm-hmm. Content warning here. There is talk of sexual assault, mm-hmm. emotional problems, and social isolation. Yeah. For sure. And all of these were like, I remember reading this book in high school and it made so many people uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. It made so many people uncomfortable. It's still and making people yeah. uncomfortable because it's even still on the banned books list. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. Yeah. And, th- you know, I didn't know that. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. interesting. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. But and I realized, like, reading it in high school, I guess I didn't really read it until uh, I think it was my junior year. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I just remember it m- making people super uncomfortable. And it's just, like, one of those things where you have to – listen you have to just like yeah you have to take it all in the person speak yeah yeah exactly Mm -hmm. no definitely and it's it was incredibly important to me I guess because of the issues of social isolation and emotional problems and also there is a great movie that goes along with it as well. There is oh, okay. a great movie. That, that. Yeah, the movie is like outstanding. It's a great okay, movie. Okay, I've never seen the movie. And who plays Melinda? Kristen Stewart. <laughs> really? And she's 13 yeah. years old. Wow. Movie. 13 or 14. Yeah, and she did a great job. Wow. It was an independent film, consider. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think, maybe I that's think, why I missed uh, it. Sundance. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, okay. Did it. Yeah. But yeah, speak the book itself. Well, it's, it's a pretty short book, but it's one mm-hmm. of those things where... It's short. It's definitely not sweet, but it packs. It, it's yeah. such an impactful book. It's yeah. just a great impactful story that everybody needs to listen to. Wait sure. till they hear those folks trying to ban it. Wait till they hear that graphic novel. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. Have you l- looked through the graphic novel? Uh, I, I've, I've seen it. Do we it. have it? Mm-hmm. We do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I probably right. didn't buy it. Yeah, you did. I did. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. That's really cool. And I love the. I think that in the book she is heavily. I'm gonna say heavily heavily involved, but she's really interested in like the arts mm-hmm. class. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has like a pretty good like relationship with like the arts teacher specifically. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she instead of speaking, she literally goes on a silent streak. She doesn't speak because she's like, how long will it take for somebody to notice that I'm not talking? And mm-hmm. her art is what she speaks through. And yeah. that just literally speaks volumes. Yeah. It really does. It, and it's it. such a beautiful thing. Yeah. And the graphic novel shows a lot of the emotional and mental processes that she goes through as it's happening. Yeah. And it show like, the graphic novel is, like, speak is powerful. The graphic novel puts pictures to that. The movie yeah. does it even better. Yeah. So there are layers to it that you could go through of, like... Yeah. And then she actually published Shout, I think, a mm-hmm. year or two ago. Huh. Yeah, I, I grabbed that one for sure. I know uh, that. Because Shout that. is her memoir because Speak oh. was inspired by Laurie Hall Sanderson's real experiences. Wow. So. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. I would love to read Shout. I've been getting into memoirs. Yeah. Memoirs. Memoirs. As I've been calling them, memoirs. <laughs> and then I guess my next book. Yes. Okay, I'm good on my next book. So the next book is The Devil's Arithmetic. Oh. Which, because this kind of, yeah, something that we discussed last night, I don't yeah. know, kind of made me remember this book, and I was like, man, I did just pick this up the other day. I think it's by, uh, yeah, Jane Yolen? Yolen? Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, so it is about this 12-year-old girl, Hannah, who is just, oh, just suffering. She wants <laughs> to just go to the mall with her friends. <laughs> Tragic. But she has to celebrate uh, a traditional Jewish holiday. I can't quite remember. I assume... I, I'm assuming Hanukkah, yeah. maybe. Okay. Uh, it's around like that holiday season, mm-hmm. and how dare? Yeah, she's like, oh, I, I just want to go to the mall. Yeah. <laughs> and then 
all of a sudden, I would say, yeah, it's a sci-fi. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Because she literally is taken back in time to a Jewish village in 1941. Wow. The world said, you want to wine? Here you go. Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much how this goes. And Okay, but is the Jewish village (sighs) in Europe? Oh, yes. Oh, Lord. Oh, it's in literally the middle of the Holocaust. Oh, well, my not, God. Well, not the middle, but it's getting to the worst. So it's, you know, it's the Holocaust, and she actually meets her family members, younger versions of her family members. Wow. I think, like, her grandmother, maybe. Yeah. Um, and there's a pattern here. There's also a really good movie. It <laughs> goes really? with it, yes. And it's another, like, independent film starring Kirsten Dunst. What? Yes, and these are some heavy hitters. Brittany, that are showing Mur- up in Brittany these. Murphy, Brittany Murphy, R.I.P. Brittany Murphy. God, I could cry. I could too. That's so a whole other podcast. I know it really is. That is just within we could itself. Go. It's the Britneys. Yeah, it's the Britneys. It's the Britneys. Brittany Murphy. Where are we gonna pull in? Also, we need to celebrate Britney Spears. Has been freed from her conservatorship. Okay, but continue ding, ding, ding. on. <laughs> so uh, this is we digress. Let's <laughs> uh, uh, just take a breather. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, Devil's Arithmetic is just you know it's shedding light on the real life terrors and nightmares that were lived uh, during the Holocaust. For wow, pretty cool. The I, Jewish fam- for the Jewish families for the Jewish people, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's just a great book because. I used to have this, you know, everybody goes through that stage in life when they're just, like, some angsty kid, angsty mm-hmm. teen, and they just, like, don't want to be involved with their, and I'm sure as a mother, you as a mother mm-hmm. probably understand, just, like, every day, you're just, like, why do you just want to be so angsty? Just, like, say you love me. You know, just, like, why do you love me? Like, you know, just, like, anything like that. And It's not it, a phase, mom. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it sheds light on the importance of heritage, where you've yes. come from, and where you're going, because mm-hmm. you carry that with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. And, do you um, know where it, you're going to? Do you like the things that... Life is showing you. <laughs> Mahogany, that? Diana Ross. Oh, okay. beautiful, beautiful. I love Diana Ross. She's a Scorpio rising. <laughs> <laughs> and you just knew that on the yeah, top yeah, of your yeah, head. Yeah. Man, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, Devil's Arithmetic, great book as well. Another okay. high school book that I loved thoroughly. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Boom. That leads me to my book pick for the day. So I am actually currently reading The Promise by Kaim Potok, and I was talking to Maddie last night about The Chosen. Okay. The Chosen was a book that I had to read my sophomore year in high school, and something about Kaim Potok's writing is like, it's like a snuggly sweater. I don't hmm. know. Something about it is very comfortable to me. It's just one of those recommendations where I'm like, I know that it's probably not everybody's like jam but it's so cozy to me and like Mm. the leaves are falling they're changing colors and it's very like you know that genre of books for dark academia yeah this Mm -hmm. is like the bright academia side we're like (laughs) we're studying very like intensely on the the jewish culture and like we're Going to college, like, The Promise is about Reuven Walter's college years, where, let me get back to the book. So, The Chosen <laughs> is about Reuven Malter, and he's uh-huh. a son of a professor who teaches oh, okay. Jewish texts in a Jewish school. Mm-hmm. And Reuven meets this guy on a baseball team one day, because it's, like, 19... I want to say, yeah, it's in the 1940s, mm-hmm. and they're waiting to hear whether World War II is over, and, you know, okay. and they're... 
his father's really worried and his father's health is ailing because he's so stressed out and really concerned about the the Jewish culture that's pretty much being pillaged and burned to the ground in Europe. Mm. And it's really affecting him. It's affecting the entire Jewish communities in America. They're they're very much paying attention to this if nobody else is. Mm. And so Reuben's a teenager in high school and he's just trying to, you know, play on his baseball team. <laughs> and he's playing one day and they actually have a baseball game against this Hasidic Jewish <laughs> sect of students. And there's been a lot of talk about this team and how they're they're just brutal man and he's got this one kid in his ear the whole time like oh they and he's like traumatized I don't know what he went through with this team he's like they're they're gonna kill us they're gonna kill us and it's like and Ruben's just like man can you shut up and he's just like they're gonna kill us they're gonna kill us Ruben we're gonna die and I'm like it's a baseball game calm down and so this is how Reuven meets Danny, and Danny throws the baseball and hits Reuven in the eye. Um, like, Molly walks, gobsmacks him. Wow. Breaks his glasses. Oh. Reuven's in the hospital for weeks because it's the 1940s, and they're like, are you even going to be able to see after this? <sighs> yeah. We don't know. Wow. And so, you know, the first parts of the book, this happens. Reuven's in the hospital, and Reuven's just laying there waiting, and he's, like, listening to the radio about the war. Mm. And then... You know, eventually he gets out, and basically Danny wants to start hanging out with Reuben. He's like, and he comes to visit Reuben in the hospital, and Reuben's like that. He's like, <laughs> what do you want, bro? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> what do you want from me? And so it really is a deep dive look at Hasidic Jewish culture versus Orthodox Jewish culture. Mm. And that is, wow. so I found this article by, let's see, what's his name? Rabbi Jack Abramowitz, and he is explaining the difference between Hasidic and Orthodox Jewish culture. And I was just going to ask that. Yeah, so Hasidic Jews are what, that's the culture that Danny's from. Mm -hmm. And Reuven is from Orthodox Jewish culture. And, you know, this rabbi, he says, I can address the difference between Hasidic and Orthodox Jews. It's the same as the difference between New Yorkers and Americans. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, okay. to give you some context, Danny, his father is the rabbi of his community, and the biggest points are like the Hasidic Jews grow their uh, their sideburns out and curl oh, okay. them. Mm -hmm. They wear very specific types of clothing. Mm -hmm. They are very much about like this rabbi is describing in the article. He says that Hasidic Jews really followed. Jewish mystical beliefs. They upheld their rabbi over everybody else. He almost had like some mystical power. And they're a lot more about the emotion behind religion and the Jewish relationship with a Jew and his God. Like it's more mystical and like, and they were considered very liberal Jewish people at the time. And like mm. nowadays they're considered so right orthodox. Like huh. they're really into their religion because our world has changed a lot. Wow. So that's, that's kind of the context, and Kyan Potok does give you a history spiel in the book, you know, through Danny or through Reuben's father, mm -hmm. because this community in they do live in New York, and they're from their history or their ancestry is from Russian uh, Jewish culture. So it is going back to that heritage, knowing where you come from, mm -hmm. why your family, why your culture does what it does, not just. You need to know it, but you need to also know why and to be able to stand upon that or yeah. figure out if that's not something you're willing to follow. Basically, you need to be able to think for yourself 
And that is something that Danny does go through. So Reuven, his father's a professor at a college. His father's a lot less stricter than Danny's father. Danny's father is very strict. There's very interesting relationship choices made there. I'm not going to spoil that for anybody who hasn't read the book, but Danny's really suffering because of his ex the expectations put on him. Mm. His father's the community's rabbi, so Danny will inherit that position. And it's he has a lot of expectations laid on him oh, wow. about that. And so Reuven's over here just Jay chilling. And I don't mean <laughs> that in a disrespectful way. He's an Orthodox Jew, which means the Orthodox Jews really put more stock in the intellectual parts of Jewish culture. And so, you know, the rabbi in this... And this article talked about how Orthodox Jews were more, they're just focused more on like the, the scholarship behind the Torah, things like that. Oh, they're okay. focused on looking at the material and Reuben's father really, you know, he's spending a lot of time writing articles about the Jewish books of law and things like that. Oh, okay. So he's an academic, whereas Danny's father is writing articles arguing against what Reuben's father is saying. Oh. So there's like, but there's this shared respect for each other. And, um, you know, the the rabbi in this article, which I'll link in the show notes, does go on to say they the two Orthodox Jews and Hasidic Jews eventually kind of, they're okay with each other. Mm -hmm. But in the early days, it was very tense. So Danny's sect wants to really kind of cause a revolt bring the spotlight to jewish communities talk about what's happening because no one else is mm -hmm. whereas reuben's side of the jewish world kind of just like okay we just need to get along like not <laughs> not that we need to get along but we need to respect our heritage for what it is right now we don't mm -hmm. need to they almost see it as disrespectful to cause more problems because it's like you're not giving respect to those who have lost their lives in the name of Jewish heritage, yeah. um, that kind of thing. So it's this really layered book, but it's so cozy to me. I keep saying that because it just is. And it shows, it really does show these two fathers and these two sons and how they're able to get past their own individual beliefs and be friends. And they find this understanding with each other that really keep helps them be at peace with their own beliefs in a way. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I don't, I think we need more literature like that where two people are friends and they hold different belief systems mm -hmm. because it is possible and it is something that happens more often than it doesn't. So yeah. I really appreciate it. And I'm currently reading the second book, The Promise. So that was The Chosen and The Promise by Kaim Potok. And that is my first book recommendation. I'm going to interlude this with Karen M. McManus announced that she has a new book coming out. Uh -oh. um, and if y'all know me, I love me some Karen M. McManus. She wrote One of Us is Lying. And it's oh, a Netflix yeah. series. Yeah, yeah it came. Yes. Yeah, it has a series. She wrote The Cousins. So her sixth book is going to be called Nothing More to Tell, a standalone dual point of view mystery about a teen journalist, Bryn, who's investigating the cold case murder of her favorite teacher. Ooh. The body was found in the woods behind school by Bryn's ex-best friend Trip, who gave his statement back then and has insisted ever since that there's nothing more to tell. Mm. So sounds a little bit like Veronica Mars slash Killing uh, Mr. Griffin. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then she also announced that One of Us is Back, 
The third and final book in the One of Us is Lying series is still on track to publish in 2023. It'll be the seventh book, three in the One of Us series, and four standalone novels. So okay. I'm very excited, guys. I bet. I bet. But my final book recommendation is Where the Grass is Green and the Girls Are Pretty by Lauren Weisberger. Uh, Lauren Weisberger is the author of The Devil Wears Prada. Oh! Yeah, and it's a really... So, this book, you could look at it two ways. It could be, like, this fluffy relationship novel, or it could have, like, very deep commentary on New York society and our society and how it treats people with privilege Mm. and what it lets them get away with Mm. and what it doesn't and that kind of thing. So, it follows two sisters, um, Skye and Peyton. And Peyton is like a Katie Couric. Peyton is on the news. She is a like a TV personality. She is concerned about she getting Botox. She's in the gym trying to you know keep her. She hit menopause and she feels like her whole life and body have exploded. Um, she's like I can't you know and for my freaking sister. My crunchy sister living in upstate New York with all her holistic medicines and her her preschooler in like this snooty polluty preschool where they're asking for non GMO apple juices and oh. the, the the readers for the classrooms have to be like some connection to Silicon Valley like that level of yeah bougie parenthood and you know every parent in there has like. A lot of money and some kind of connection to some government representative or billionaire. So Peyton feels like she's kind of jealous of Sky because Sky doesn't have any real problems. Mm. Sky doesn't have problems at all, and Sky looks great, and Sky doesn't look like she's changed since she was sixteen, and all this stuff. And Peyton has strived so long to get to where she is, and their mother never thought Peyton really had any promise mm. and their mother treated sky better and not nece- not that she was abusive or anything but she was just kind of wouldn't emotionally neglect Peyton over mm. her sister sky because sky got into the col- the right college got the right grades mm. did all the things yeah. and so there's a sibling relationship and then Peyton you find out pretty early on Peyton's husband gets arrested for Buying their daughter's way into Princeton. Oh. <laughs> um, but there's a pretty big plot twist there. Um, it's not what it seems. Okay. And so Peyton is having to spend the whole book waffling with whether she is going to take responsibility for something that may have been her fault all along. Huh. And it really kind of, it puts a huge strain on her marriage. Like, are they going to get divorced? Are they not? And it's a really good look at motherhood, her and her teenage daughter. That is like angsty teen too, but oh. not really. She just really feels like her mom doesn't see her. And you do get in the mind of her daughter. And it's not as angsty as you would think of like, nobody understands me. She's like, no, I feel very understood by everybody but my mother. Oh, and yeah. like, my mom wants me to be somebody that I am not. And yeah. she wants the best for me, but it's very misguided. And I'm tired of it. It's exhausting to deal with. I just want to go away. And so, and it also looks at how her teenage daughter really takes her own future in her own hands. And she goes online and says her piece. Um, And it's like, this is what happened. And that gets the attention of some people who end up kind of looking at her and 
outside of the identity of who her parents are because okay. this society is very m- much about who your parents are oh, and okay. who your parents are connected to. And so they all kind of go up to the upstate New York to kind of get away for a minute and, you know, maybe the publicity will die down and things change a lot. People are finally able to kind of say what they've been feeling for decades. Wow. Um, so it's, it's such a good family relationship novel, but it's also looking at how women feel as they get older and they, you know, me. so like Peyton feels like she's struggling to be relevant. Whereas her daughter's like, it's not that deep, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, Sky is also struggling to feel relevant, struggling to feel like she made the right choices in her life because she's, she was an academic. She was going places and she chose to leave that all behind for being a stay-at-home mom, going to all of these meetings for her preschooler, who's only three, uh, you know, and so she's kind of living in that elite soccer mom world and is wondering, this is not even where I, my mom hyped me up over all this stuff and my sister's the one who's really, Sky feels like she's kind of just not even doing anything with her life. I don't know why I flapped my arms. <laughs> so, and there are all these tensions and nobody's, and it's one of those books where like, if you guys would just talk to each other, but yeah. it takes a lot of getting there to get there. Yeah. So that is where the grass is green and the girls are pretty for really good family relationships and stuff like that. So I'm going to do a lightning round of non-book recommendations. I will go first. Okay. Cool. Okay. So, Non-book recommendation is a movie that I've watched this week. At some point this week, I watched it. It is a movie called Smooth Talk. Okay. It is directed by Joyce Chopra. Okay. It is starring Treat Williams and Laura Dern. Okay. Okay. It is based off of the short story by Joyce Carol Oates. Uh Uh-oh. Where Are You Going and Where Have You Been? Mm. And it released in November of 1985. And, yeah, it's about 15-year-old Connie She spends the summer before her sophomore year fixating on getting male attention while her mother, Catherine, nags her about paying the house. But pretty much all Connie's able to think about is, like, guys and boys. That's all she can think about is, like, boys, of course. So eventually she finds herself in the midst of this weird stranger mm-hmm. who's called Arnold Friend. And nope. is he and he's, <laughs> That's a red flag. It's either he's either a friend or a foe. And it's a very strange I'm, but, I apologize in men named Arnold. But, <laughs> yeah, no, truly. But yeah, great movie and it's super short too. Uh, I was shocked by the ending. Because I was just like, oh, well, that was just over and done with rather quickly, wasn't it? And <laughs> it was yeah. So was it on a, a major platform? Like Netflix or like I think it might be on HBO Max. Oh, okay. I have it on Blu-ray. I have a special release copy of it. Oh, okay. Look at you. I collect special release Blu-rays. Good to know. Now if we need like a really obscure special Blu-ray, we know who to get it. Literally probably have it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Nicole, what's you got? I'm sticking with the kids with this one. I really think that our children need to be taught better about the history of Thanksgiving with yes. information that is accurate. <laughs> so it. I just typed in uh, websites to learn more about the true Thanksgiving holiday or history, rather, and National Geographic came up. And it's um, uh, kids.nationalgeographic.com forward slash history, forward slash article, forward slash first dash Thanksgiving. Mm. And I think it 
it actually starts off with that uh, it actually starts off with Native Americans. It says long before settlers came to the east coast of the United States, the area was inhabited by many Native American tribes. And that's what I wanted to see. Mm. That's what I want our kids to be able to know about in regards to what Thanksgiving really is about. And I'm not trying to rain on anybody's parade or, or anything. I'm not trying to say that, you know, the pilgrims were wrong or all I want is the truth. Our children need to know what the truth really was from beginning to end and not the pieces that we just want to pull out Amen. to, you know, be cutesy or whatever. You know, this is a problem for me. Like I, Literally, that is my least favorite part of children's publishing is like the glossy Thanksgiving books. And we ha sat down at a table and all right. No, mm. you didn't. No, mm -hmm. you didn't. <laughs> Even if you did, you didn't. Okay? <laughs> you didn't. I wasn't there. But you know what? That's Tyson. not what happened. Tyson. I wasn't there. But you know what happened. <laughs> I just, it drives me absolutely bonkers. And I yeah. mentioned to you about it. Yeah. Like, we... And I'm trying so hard to find, like, good quality. Right. And, like, I will say there are some books in our collection that just don't do it sir, the justice that right. it requires. Yeah. But I will say this. I am going to plug, based on Nicole's non-book recommendation, we have an extensive book collection in our juvenile nonfiction based on so many Native American tribes. Yes. Literally. I, I, I never even heard of some of these. Yes. Like, you hear of... I knew growing up in school there were the Iroquois, there were the Choctaw, the Cherokee, like that you you hear of like these big five tribes, but really that is just the tip of the tip of the iceberg. Right. You're not even getting to, you know, the Western tribes. They're mm. you know, Canadian tribes, right. South American tribes, literally we have so many books. We're there's actually a display right now for Native American Heritage Month. Yes. That pulled so many books i want to check there's one about mississippi tribes specifically mm -hmm. it's a door stopper but i want to read it so bad i don't know why i'm just mm -hmm. so fascinated and i just think these people need to have people just read the books about the people who were here first right yeah. exactly yeah. and that's that's why i wanted to to highlight this this particular website or article from national geographic i trust them and I oh, think yeah. a lot of our parents trust National Geographic as well. So, again, that website was HTTPS colon two forward slashes. I don't know why that makes a difference, but I wanted to make sure and mention that. Mm -hmm. And it's kids.nationalgeographic.com forward slash history forward slash article forward slash first dash thanksgiving yeah so check we'll that have out that linked in the show notes so yeah 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 wherever you're listening to right now you can just go to the notes or find the podcast blog post on loungesubbery.com forward slash listen and we'll have that link ready for you and what okay. you got all right so like we're in november we're mm -hmm. deeply in november now how yeah. dare yeah the sure. time keep doing what it does time speed up guys right. And weather has said, you know what, I'm not going to be stable for you all right now. I'm unstable. And so everything that I throw at you with this weather is going to be up and down, up and down. Hashtag relatable. Yeah. Unhinged is the word. Um, so I brought a bag of tea because I'm feeling it. And this is my favorite tea. Bolani, our circulation coordinator, introduced me to it. 
and it is called Gypsy Cold Care Elderflower Spice Flavor by Traditional Medicinals. It is in our local Kroger. It sure is. I love it, love it, love it. On the right side of the tea aisle. It's going to be on the very right side, probably like four or five, four, three, four shelves down. Yep. <laughs> you got to know, man. Yeah. And elderflower spice, like, I do like a good elderflower tea, but that spice hits different. Let me tell you. <laughs> and then pour some honey in there. Oh, oh yeah. Chef's kiss. <laughs> so I literally drink this almost every night sometimes because, especially like if I'm feeling weird tickles in my throat yeah. or um, I have a runny nose like I do today. Yeah. The change in temperature makes your sinuses go freaking haywire. Right. And, you know, flu season's upon us. We still have COVID cases in our state. It is not going away. And so this is just, I'm not saying it can replace medicine, uh, but it is a herbal supplement and it does, it does your body good. You Mm -hmm. know, it does good things. Nothing like a, a warm cup of tea. You know, yeah, and the honey, and it just coats your throat. I mean, that's what yeah performers drink before they sing. Exactly, it just makes you feel better. Um, so yeah. it this is literally like me trying to give somebody a hug in a cup. Like, yeah. and I'm not a hugger, so that says something, folks. <laughs> so again, it's traditional medicinals, Gypsy Cold Care Elderflower Spice Tea. It does. I would recommend steeping it for, it says on the back, cover cup and steep for 10 to 15 minutes. That is pretty long for a cup of tea to steep, in my opinion. Yeah. Normally, it's like four to six, six to eight minutes. Um, so, but I would recommend waiting the entire time to get the full body of flavor. It yeah. is delightful because I do get impatient sometimes and mm. I don't steep it for 10 minutes. And then I'm like, oh, she, she wasn't already out to play. <laughs> um so, and then it says squeeze tea bag to ensure maximum goodness. Please do not do that with me. Um, and then it says enjoy two to six cups throughout the day, especially good with honey. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. So good. So I've had it before. I'm going to go make it good. right now. Yeah. Heck yeah. So. Well, this was a good show. Thank right? you so much, Maddie, for coming on and yeah. talking with us. Of course. It was so much fun. And you'll have to come back again. again. Yeah, no, I would love to. I would absolutely love to. Yeah, and this was delightful, and we wish everybody a great Thanksgiving holiday or fall break if you don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Enjoy your family. Spend time with those you love because life is fleeting. Amen. Man. Um, All right, so give us a like, a subscribe. Please share the podcast episode with whoever you think would like to listen to us talk at each other. (laughs) And um, we appreciate y'all, and we'll talk to you next week. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye.